0: Pauline, do you know, I just renewed my car insurance oh, and well done. it cost me a bomb. The car value is at 80K right now. So my insurance value is still high. I mean, my cover off.
1: Your, some your premium? I mean, yes, my premium is still high. Right. Hey, you know what? It's actually very interesting that every year uh, for those of us who drive, right? We have to review and, you know, to get our car insurance done. But the question is, when was the last time you actually assessed your own risk to your job? Okay, that's a really good question.
0: Something to think Hmm. about. (laughs) Hi everyone, welcome back to episode 5 of Smart Women Finance. We are the go-to girls. My name is Rocking Rachel and with me we have Pauline Teo, who is a licensed financial planner and I am an insurance advisor. So together we run this uh, podcast called Smart Women Finance where we aim to actually help women out there um, empower themselves through financial awareness So whether you are a working adult or whether you're married or currently a mother of a few kids, you are most welcome to listen to this podcast because we definitely have tips and tricks to help you manage your everyday finances. We would like to inform you that whatever discussed in this topic and in this podcast is completely general advice or based on our own personal experience and opinions. If you are facing any financial issues, we do recommend that you seek consultation with a licensed financial planner.
1: Thank you. So the question that we have for you ladies out there today would be, is my car more valuable than me? So what do you guys think?
0: That's a really good question, right? Because looking at today's... uh, I mean, looking at uh, Malaysia, where car insurance is actually a mandatory... Actually, many of us would say our car is more valuable than me because automatically yeah. all of us would have a car insurance the moment we have a car. But yeah. not all of us
1: have personal insurance, correct or not? Yeah. so. Or, or maybe more correctly put would be people would have insurance, but the only thing is we may not have the adequate cover correct. that we really need. Like, for example, you know the value of your car and you're able to make sure that you're covered exactly for the value it's worth just in case something happens to the car you get money back or it's fully covered right but how many of us can say that 100% for sure for our very own lives and also for the needs of our family
0: yeah that is actually a really good one so I want to ask you Pauline like I mean, we get cars, I mean, a car insurance because, you know, we know the risk that is posed to the car. I mean, accident, we don't want to pay for the damage in a car. Yeah. Or even like recently, we see a lot of floods happening, right? Which is a potential threat already to our cars. Yeah. So we do add in special perils like uh, flood cover and, cover and windscreen. Yeah. All those kind of things are added yeah. towards the, to the car insurance. Yeah. But we know those kind of risks pose a threat to our car. But what are the actual risks that
1: pose a threat to our own lives? Ah, that's a very good question, Rachel. I would say there will be four major areas for any working adult, you know, to to really be thinking about. To enlighten me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I think the first and foremost would be um, premature death. I think last year itself, we saw, you know, actually not last, just last last two years, right? Thanks to the uh, COVID pandemic, we have lost quite a number of loved ones or at least people that we know that means a lot to us uh, due to the pandemic itself, right? So I would consider that one of the areas, which is actually premature death, another potential area that can actually hit us could potentially be, for example, in accidental cases. You know, things that we never plan for, but, well, um, shit happens sometimes. So I would say those would be the other area that, you know, unforeseen circumstances that happens to us, okay? Or even our family members. Um, the third area, I would say, would be in terms of health. If you're really um, um, ill due to whatever sickness, then potentially that could also um, slow us down and hold us back you yeah. know, in terms of progressions, right? And last but not least, and we saw this a lot in the pandemic as well, is that people getting pay cards or even getting unemployed yeah. you know, during critical um, situations or, or you know, dire situations like what we have just recently gone through. Right. Yeah, so yeah, I would say yeah. these would commonly be the four areas that could potentially happen to any one of us. Would you not agree yeah. like
0: with Rachel? Yeah, actually, this is, I mean, obviously there's other risks, I mean, uh, smaller risks, but these are main the main four ones la, that is very, it, if it happens, it does hit us very hard, right? right? So, and it causes a major financial loss. That's so, true. but today's session, right, for those of you listening, we are not just, you know, trying to, Uh, brainwash you to uh, you know buy insurance no that's not what we're trying to do here we actually what we're going to do now is we're going to do a little fun activity we're going to look at what are other avenues so other alternatives that you may have besides insurance to protect yourself against these four main risks and then you can decide for yourself whether insurance is really something you want to get or not Right. Yeah.
1: So I think we're going to do some kind of assessment today, right? Like, you know, through a fun activity, right? Yeah. So I really, think maybe what we could do is let's analyze a little bit on the different types of risk um, management that, techniques. Yes, correct. That we all face on a daily basis and how to really uh, mitigate or even uh, manage it the best uh, way we could, if that makes yeah. sense. Right. So yeah. maybe, Rachel, you can tell me uh, what are some of the, the risk. Um, Easiest that we can actually mitigate or even control over.
0: Okay. So there are actually four techniques that you can use in this in this assessment for, right? So the first one is risk control. Now, risk control means that you reduce the severe, um, no, that's too technical. How I say reduce the amount that you're going to lose. So, for example, let's just take a car. Okay. Now, if let's say there is a risk of meeting into an accident right so what do you do what can you do to uh, reduce the loss of uh, the amount the loss amount towards the car you could number one make sure your car is always up to date in terms of service right and you can actually uh, ensure that your car is equipped with safety measures like uh, a bump, airbag bumper even bumper yeah. and to Rips absorb the working. shock yeah so mm-hmm. these are things that if you were to maintain it well Even if a crash happens, right, comparing to a person that does not take care of this at all, you would be impacted far lesser than a person who never took care of this at all. So this is the whole idea of risk control. You're trying to reduce, if this
1: thing were to happen or so, at least it doesn't happen so big. uh, It's a small amount. Actually, Rachel, would it also mean that when we are driving on the road, we follow speed limits as well? Ah, yes. That's actually another way to reduce the Loss yeah. the
0: even if let's say, like, comparing to you driving at 100 km and hit something compared to you driving at 40 km, the loss is definitely lesser on a 40 km speed yeah. limit, Correct. right? Correct. So, this is how, even though if let's say there's sometimes there's no way to control, you know, like the car in front of you, emergency brakes, you got no way to like let's fly over the car, <laughs> you gotta just hit the car. Yeah. So, that is where you're this kind of uh, if you practice good habits like this, you can really reduce the loss that you are about to that you may face, I would say, that you may face. So how does this come back to our own lives? Now, just now, we spoke about uh, death. Uh, We spoke about illnesses. We spoke about, um, yeah, uh, these two areas. uh, Let's touch on these two first. So if we were to regularly take care of our health, go for health checkups, you know, um, do some exercises, Mm -hmm. yeah, regular exercises, don't you think you're actually reducing the chances of you getting hit by a severe illness or a severe uh or rather an illness that could lead to death yep. right we would definitely just uh, reduce it drastically like you see in today's um actually in malaysia right if you notice just take a look next time when you're driving how many dialysis centers do you see available around there are mm. many you know there are yep, really a lot true. and that's when true. you sit down in a restaurant Take a close look, right, at what are the nutritions that are being offered in your meal. The main component of those nutritions is carbohydrate, right? Like, and that's a normal. I like, look in the pyramid chart, right? But we Malaysians we tend to overeat those nutritions. like we tend to overeat carbohydrate. So you see a lot of obesity cases happening around.
1: Mm. And, I and I think these just are, to add on to that as well, right? You know, when we eat outside, um, especially when we talk about drinks and dessert. It's actually very heavy in terms yeah. of free load of sugar. Yeah. That actually adds on to the obesity um, condition as well, don't you think?
0: Correct, correct. Yeah. Like, if you take like um, as normal, like, you know, when we eat um, maybe naslamak, for example, and okay. we will always like to have it with te tarik correct. or even roti china, so it's te tarik. You know, it's like yeah. a, a, a set meal, you know. But if yeah. you go to a Japanese restaurant, what do you notice? They serve you green tea. Yes. Right, So you All see, right. tea tarik, how much of sugar level sugar. is there from, compared to green tea? right? Yeah. So you already know the lifestyle of uh, Malaysia. We have a huge risk potential towards getting this diabetes, um, kidney failures because of our lifestyle. Yeah. So if yeah. we can really take care of our lifestyle, we would reduce the, uh, the, the amount of falling uh, ill, right? Yes, the percentage lah, yeah. of falling ill. But it does not guarantee that we will stay healthy. But this is the minimum. I mean, not At minimum, least we can the, least, the least we can do. The least we can do. Correct. Right?
1: Yeah. yeah. So this
0: is one way of managing the risk. Yeah. What is uh the other way? Do
1: you know, Pauline? Okay. I think the other way we, we have would be um, risk avoiding, right? Yeah. You know, we just avoid the risk the best we can. You know, we try to dodge it and we we try to avoid it, right? But I would say um, if we talk about risk avoidance in especially at a time like COVID would be, the best is don't go out at all, all right? Just be yeah. quarantined and stay home forever. Bubble wrap yourself. Yeah, bu- <laughs> bubble wrap yourself. No no um, contact with the world out there. And that would be one way you tell yourself, hey, I think I'm safe, right? What else could happen to me if I'm at home? What's the chances of me getting uh, COVID positive? You know, mm. it most probably be 0.000. 000. <laughs> yeah but actually
0: a bit surprising you know, upon there were many cases where people reported they never went out at all but they contracted the virus because of the delivery the, the delivery guys that were coming to their house so right. yeah so even risk avoidance is so
1: there's still a glitch but it's yeah. the least you can do right yeah, if you really want to stay safe again that's not really how we want to live life right like yeah, being quarantined forever at home. It's almost like self-torture. What's the difference than uh, being in a dungeon? Hmm.
0: Yeah, right. We well, might as well be just call ourselves Rapunzel and stay in a tower. <laughs> uh,
1: that's not really what we want. That's not life. Come on, right? So I think that's the second thing. If let's say we're talking about the second risk. So what about the third risk, Rachel?
0: So the third risk would be risk retention. So, this this way of uh, retention means you retain it, right? That means you absorb the risk. So, this is like, okay, uh, coming back to the car, for example. So, if let's say, as you know, your car insurance has NCD, right? So, you have that discount. So, sometimes if you meet a minor accident, maybe your bumper is just damaged a bit or what, you won't really go and claim your insurance because it's a minor cost. So, you are able to self-insure yourself, I would say, uh, to fund that, that repair cost because funding that repair cost is way lesser than you losing out that discount right so this is where we would want to look into how can we retain the risk similarly mm-hmm. like if you were to talk to um like uh maybe we are when we are talking about okay the risk of covid as you know covid right uh we not many insurance companies actually cover COVID in terms of hospitalization. And even if they do, it's after a certain category only. Right. So like nowadays, you see so many people getting hit with COVID category 1 and 2A, right? Yep. So, but the costing of getting COVID is not cheap, right? You have to pay for your PCR test. That's already like 200 ringgit. And mind you, the vitamins from the from the pharmacy to actually get you treated, right, is not cheap. Right, you can easily expect five hundred ringgit to go out just like that, just because of COVID for one person. Huh? If, and if it's a whole family, it's worse. Because yeah. if there's five people in the family and all positive, the more costing. Yeah. So because right. we don't have any other alternative, you have to re- absorb this risk. You have to set aside an emergency funding just so that if uh, a situation like COVID were to happen, you have the ready funds there to help your
1: family, help yourself. Right, so that, that would mean that, um, you know, by, by doing uh, or taking these actions, you will not eat into your current savings or your current um cash flow because you already kind of provision for it, you know, in one yes. way or another, right? Yes,
0: so the, the key idea like, when you're using the technique of absorbing the risk or self insuring, I like to call it self insuring yourself, always remember to set aside a separate funding don't use it, oh, I'm saving for my house, or this is also going to be the safest for in case I get COVID because that's not going to
1: help you at all move towards your growth, right? That's right. That's right. And I think the last risk, if anything at all, would be basically, you know, transferring this risk, right? Instead of absorbing on our own or having to manage on our own, I give it to a third party now in order to take care of those bills or to, to make whatever payments. And I'm basically living my life worry free. Okay, so this is where um, in, in the area of health, what we would suggest uh, most Malaysians should do would be to get a, a decent medical card. Because as we know it, medical expenses only gets more expensive over time. And yeah. we know for a fact that this little factory here, you know, um, there's a lot of wear and tear over a period of time. So um, this car does need services. Okay. <laughs> so we, it, I mean, should should touch wood but should in the future an overhaul situation would to happen or some kind of major breakdown would to happen we have the medical card to come and rescue us yes
0: but yeah. it's not just medical like earlier so uh, when uh, Pauline actually asked me the question like uh, is your car more valuable than you right so I mean I, think about this for a while you know like yeah. if you were to lose your car today or yesterday let's just say yesterday can you potentially buy another car in a few years' time? You can, right? Why can you? Yeah. Because you still have actually.
1: Come, come think about it. Since my car is insured, I'll should, I should be able to get a replacement car <laughs> almost ASAP. So I don't Correct. think there's going to be a major issue for, for the car to be replaced. But let's mm-hmm. just say you didn't have insurance. Yeah. Can you still buy a car? That's definitely a possibility because as long as I'm working, I'm able to fund for that car.
0: Yeah, you're still able yeah. to fund for the car, right? So that's, right. that's the whole point. You are still able to fund because you're working. Yeah. Now, what if you are no longer receiving a passive income? Can or you? Unable to uh, even work because of uh, health
1: conditions or. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sorry, not them. passive
0: income, active income. That means yeah. your work life, whatever that's, you're coming in. So you're not able to bring in income. Can you then finance, for, not alone your car, but your car insurance for that matter? You can't, right? So, which is the greater thing to protect here? Your car, firstly, or your income?
1: Definitely, we need to protect our income because if we are the money-making machine to get the income that we need to finance or even to take care of the current lifestyle that we're dreaming and thinking of, definitely, I'm more important than a car, right? Yeah, Yeah.
0: correct. So, this is where we want to... okay. When we look at the four risk techniques that we've just seen, right? Now, how do we evaluate whether or not we really need insurance? Or for what reasons we need insurance? Now, just now we posed to you uh, four main risks, right? Uh death, uh, accidental, um, what do you call this illness, great illness. illnesses, yeah. and also unemployment. Now, unemployment is something that doesn't usually last forever. It's probably for a few months, maybe three to six months, right? That is where. Colin Teo here would strongly agree that you take a look into your emergency funding. Emergency funding, <laughs> emergency funding yeah. right? So, this would act as a risk retention area already. You are setting aside funds to always ensure that if this situation were to happen, you would you okay. be able to. Yeah. Because the cost of you buying insurance for such a small short term thing uh, would be more than you actually losing the income. Yep. So, All it right. doesn't make sense to insure such a risk but things like an illness where it may go run in the hundreds or even 500,000 you know it could come to that level depending on what illness
1: is it how severe it is
0: yeah it is cheaper to buy an insurance plan and pay and save for it through that rather than you pay the bill at the end of the day Right. right, right. so this is how you can you can um uh, think like where, when is the right time should an insurance policy come into place to help you Or when is the right time that you can save it yourself? So if you can generate uh, a savings, uh, 500,000 savings right now as you snap your finger, then I would say you don't need insurance. But if you need time to build that cash flow, use insurance first to help you get that money ready. Then, you know, you don't even have to save up for such a thing like illnesses. You can save up for your actual goals, right? If, If an illness were to happen, your goals is still protected because the money is coming in to support you to, to go through that journey.
1: Precisely. I think right? this is something for all of us to start thinking about as well. And even, even regardless whether or not you think insurance is for me or it's really not a necessity, even the bare basics of eating right, sleeping well you know, having the great peace of mind, um, making sure that, you know, you exercise, I think those are just elementary um, process to aid us to have better and more meaningful, healthier lives as well. Yeah, so I think overall, these, I would say, in life, we need to strike a really good balance, you know, in terms of all aspects. Okay, and these little, little steps are within our control. Okay, so What we are trying to say is that insurance could also be a potential tool for you to consider if you want to help yourself in order to um, take care of bigger expenses, something that you don't want it to affect your personal savings, okay, and and you think that that would be a much um, more efficient way of managing your money, then transfer that risk to an insurance company that can do that job for you instead of paying it from your pocket. Yes. Yeah? Okay. Definitely. So, so yeah.
0: Um, now what we've done, we've just done a simple assessment exercise. Now, I know it can be a bit more uh, difficult for some of us with because we have different goals. So, we don't know actually how do we assess the risk, uh, how do we plan out the risk, right? So, that is why um, me and Pauline would like to offer you a free risk assessment check. Now, what we'll do in this risk assessment check is we will go through some of your goals, right? What are we will discuss how can we set reasonable goals in a reasonable amount of time? And let's analyze together what areas are, are potential risks towards this goal and what are your solutions? We've, we've today we've looked at four solutions, right? So what are your solutions that could be suitable for you to mitigate this risk to ensure that your goal has a better chance of being realized? Yep. Right? Yeah, so comment, uh, do find the link in our description below for this free risk assessment test so that you can get
1: started on your own planning today. Totally agree. So if you have any questions with regards to any of the uh, discussion areas, feel free as well to drop us a line and ask us any questions. Today.
0: Yeah, so please don't forget to uh, also join our community channel if you're new here for the first time. We have a community channel on Facebook called Smart Women Finance. And in that community channel, you will actually see a lot of valuable things, value added uh, information, even people there who are all in line to get their finances on track. So if you journey with people who are in the same goal mindset as you, you have a better potential at reaching those goals. All right. Yeah. So with that, we would like to say thank you so much and see you in the next episode.